Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I like Google Meet. Yeah, man. Why? I like it. I like it a lot better. You can do a whiteboard. We don't need okay. to do a whiteboard. We can, look, I can get a, I can start a poll. Oh, gosh. I, gar- I guarantee you. Yeah. That over the next 10 episodes, we will not use the whiteboard function once. <laughs> so whatever makes you happy, but I'm just saying it's pointless. So here's here's what we need. Here's what we need. When we do live events, all right, we need to... When we host we a need... math class on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. We can A we can jam file? <laughs> Patrick, I'm a married man. I can't open any jam files. I can't jam? I can't jam? This is ridiculous. Welcome to the Crunch, the only podcast that requires no money down and guarantees zero percent APR for the first five years. It's your boy Ethan, and I'm Patrick. How you doing? What's going I'm on? I'm doing great. Did you notice that I turned on closed captions? No, I didn't. It's I can't. doing a really good job. Stop! You, <laughs> the features are distracting from the quality of the show. Yesterday, the other day, someone uh, from America asked me if I do transcripts <laughs> of the podcast. If you didn't know that there was a magazine named America, that's just kind of a funny sentence. That is a really funny sentence. Someone from America Magazine. <laughs> Someone from America Magazine asked me if we do transcripts of the podcast, and I said no. But now that we have closed caption abilities, we can do transcripts of the podcast, Ethan. Can we? Yeah. Someone still has to put it into a text file. It's not like the closed captions automatically fill it. You know what I mean? I'm sure they do. I'm I mean, sure it's they doing don't. it right now. Well, it's just displaying on the screen as it's happening. Who's to say that it's saving anywhere? Oh, that's a good point. May, honestly, like I think if just for all intents and purposes, we should have transcripts of our podcast. What if we want our podcast to be accessible to the, the deaf? deaf? Uh-huh. <laughs> the, the thing with podcasts is that they're just not accessible enough to the deaf. That's, That's what I've been saying mm-hmm. for years now. I've been like, we really need to make sure that our podcast is in word form, mm-hmm. text form. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we need to do that unless someone wants to do it for us for free. <laughs> if somebody wants to do it for us for free, unless we will do it. Alternatively, if America Mag wants to publish our podcast every week in their magazine, that's fine. I'm not going to stop them. I'm not going to stop them either, but you guys know what you're getting into? We gotta reach out to the Jesuitical guys, the Jesuitical peeps again. Mm-hmm. We had a good podcast with them from from uh, I wasn't on 2018. I wasn't. I was gone. That's why we had. Yeah, that, that was one of my that was one of my my solo ventures. Okay, I'll turn off the podcast or Thank not the podcast. Thank I'll turn you. off the closed captions. I, I either have, I, so I need these closed the closed captions are are non negotiable. I need them. I but think that's so cool, right? You can just turn on closed it's captions. Not. It's and a can... waste of time. No, it's amazing what science can do. I suppose. I'm curious what... So, not to hurt anyone's feelings, but <clears throat> if you're working in a job and, sure. you're, a, and you're a deaf guy, um, do you think there's going to be a lot of like video calls in that job? 
That's true, but it's not just for it people. Just, who are it just—it seems it's like people are hard of hearing. I suppose it just seems like a feature that they added. They're—they're they're like, oh, look, this is for all the people who are deaf and hard of hearing. Whereas all the people who are deaf and hard of hearing are just like, I'm not getting on that call. I'll read the email recap when it comes out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> they're just—they're just not. They're, it's solving a problem that doesn't exist. But it's really cool because like it was it was it was no. voicing us even when we were talking over each other it could come up with this is who the problem. was talking. This is the problem. I came up with a legitimate like this is why it doesn't work and then he says no but it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. That's <laughs> the only reason it exists. That's that's how we've gotten into the technological mess. No, that's how we've gotten right. into the technological mess that we're in now is because Steve Jobs was like, "No, but look, it's cool." <laughs> and now and now teenage girls are developing ticks. You know, and it's <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Because it's cool. It was cool. It was cool to be able to see all your friends' face and book form. Mm-hmm. And now, if but if only I was able to have closed captions on everything, then then it would be good to go. Let me Dare tell you I about say it. it. Closed captions feels innocuous to me. That's fair. I'm just feels wanting, not as yeah, bad. Not worth getting. <laughs> it feels like something that about. won't change the landscape. Can I can of... I just say this? Closed captioning. I'm a fan. <laughs> I am pro closed. Make sure you select the SAP function on your remote to turn on closed captioning for this public broadcasting system program. The S and P function. SAP. Do you remember at the very beginning of like Arthur? They'd be like, "For closed caption, closed captions provided by the Science Foundation." Yes, or whatever, and like no one knows what that is. Um, Like, how did I was like the Science Foundation just sat there and typed out this Arthur episode? That's what I thought when I was a kid. Interesting things that exist. There's the Science Foundation, and then there's also like the 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 ad group that makes those you know uh responsibility pass it on who makes the those? ad council yeah the ad council the science foundation what are they doing what are they up to <laughs> what, are they, what are they doing this Somebody. is a very very suspicious place to put government money it's like oh 16 billion dollars to the ad council this year huh interesting uh, yeah definitely. there's i see a lot of activity from the ad council in eastern europe that really i've got some questions about what the ad council <laughs> is doing with their money it was this was on an episode of New Polity. They were talking about um, they were talking about billboards specifically, and they mm-hmm. were like, they, they were like, we passed by a billboard that was like happiness, pass it on. It's a picture of Kermit the Frog, mm-hmm. and it's like, what is this? Yeah. Like when you, it's like you see it, it's so normal, and then you stop and you think about it more, and you're like, why though? What is it for? It just seems very. Not anything. You know what I mean? It's very mm-hmm. empty. It's like yeah. this is a oh a nationally recognizable brand mm-hmm. next to a moral platitude. Yes, in but the that's what of all downtown. That's what all billboards are. It's like a brand like Toyota. Um, believe in <laughs> Toyota f- f- freaking trucks, man. <laughs> it's just it's, just, well, it's, it's always some kind of it's some kind of rejoinder like believe in believe in yourself. You know? Oh my gosh! I was at the movies. I went to see Dune. I went to see Dune. Oh goodness! Finally. Okay, so I went to see Dune, and I'm sitting there in the in the in the in the audience by myself because Phoebe went to go get Sour Patch Kids. Uh huh. Yes. And all of a sudden, Mark Wahlberg's on the screen. Yeah. I actually, I legitimately can't remember if it was Mark Wahlberg or uh, the guy from The Martian, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. I think it might have been Matt Damon, not Mark Wahlberg. Anyway, okay. I'm picturing Mark Wahlberg in, sure. in in this in this thing. So he's like, he's walking through this museum, and he's like. Men and women throughout history have taken risks, uh-huh. and it's like astronauts and like Orville and Redenbacher. Redenbacher. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> men and women have t- 
<laughs> took risks. He didn't know it was going to come out of that kettle, but boy, like, howdy. It's like a guy going up onto space, and then in the next scene, it's Orville Redbarger standing over a stove, like, ooh, ah, the popcorn <laughs> burning his skin. Ooh, ah, ooh. Oh, I need to wear long sleeves now. <laughs> but he's like, he's like walking past all these people. He's like, yeah, throughout all history, like people took risks. And he's like, are you going to take risks? And then it like fades away and it just says crypto.com. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> That's awesome. I was like 10 years too late. All right. First of I'd, all, like, I'd buy a ticket to that movie, whatever it is. That's I want to see so, it. It was so funny. I was, I, I, I was laughing to myself because all I could think of was like, if it's, if it's that big, like no one, no one was like putting commercials in television, like on television and movies for like, Hey, somebody figure out airplanes, please. Please, somebody, can somebody figure this That's out? True. That's true. Like, That's a good point. The yeah. only the only time you get commercials for things is after they have a marketing department. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I was like, it's very clear to me that crypto is so, but it's 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 the they're building this brand, whatever decentralized. It's weird that there was a commercial for a decentralized currency. Is that strange to anyone? No, else? it's not. But the commercial wasn't for the currency itself. It wasn't a commercial for Bitcoin or yeah. whatever. It was a commercial for Crypto.com. Which is a website that probably brokers uh, decentralized yeah. currency. So that's hilarious to me. Yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, and it kind of it kind of shattered the idea of what crypto is. It's like, yeah, we're free from big organizations, and I'm like, yeah, until a big organization decides to make a cryptocurrency. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's only a matter of time before Tesla coin comes out or whatever. Yeah, someone someone was like talking about how the the Facebook metaverse is going to be heavily tied to crypto mm-hmm. and decentralized uh, web identification. Web you know what? 3. You know what Mark Zuckerberg really wants to do is base his entire life's work on a currency that most people don't understand. No, 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 not not based on crypto. It's going to be based on blockchain. Oh well, that's that, what they were talking about. I don't even know. nobody knows what that is either. So. Yeah, it's like a foundational. It's foundational for understanding cryptocurrency. So it's. Exactly. But someone was talking about that's what the metaverse is going to be like. Don't imply that you understand all this stuff. Just it's like a ledger. <laughs> that's how everyone describes it. It's like it a ledger. It doesn't make any sense. I don't, I don't know what that is we, either. Why don't we just have a ledger if that's the case? <laughs> but but um, they were, were talking about. I and I, I looked at Phoebe and I was like, I don't know if I. I don't know what the metaverse is. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what it is, but I do know. That I would prefer if myself and my children did not live to see it. I think that's fair. That's if you're gonna choose a dystopian reality, why mm-hmm. would you choose Ready Player One? That's what I want to know. Like you could have chosen 1984, you know, where even we, Hunger like, Games. It's like everyone kind of lives together. We all it's we only all know what we're doing. Twelve kids. Yeah, it's only twelve. It's eleven. Kids. You know, it's eleven kids, and I mean, that's fine. and if you don't get picked, oh darn, I have to go logging with my family. You know, oh well. Big deal, you know? <laughs> You'll be fine. We could have picked uh, Harry Potter. That was a nice dystopian I wouldn't say future. it was a dystopian future. Can we get back to the important part of the system? Anyway. Important part of the conversation, which is that you went to go see Dune. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to go see Dune. Can you tell me about what you thought, please? It was I liked it. Dune spoilers. <laughs> Insert bagpipes here. Dunes. Yeah. Um Dune was very good. Um they didn't they didn't do what the book did which is like give us a really solid relationship with all of the 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 fellas you know what i mean yeah the fellas like duncan idaho and mm-hmm. thufir hawat gurney like, halleck 
Yeah, they didn't even say his name. They said it once, and it was like gone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They didn't. They didn't distinguish enough between what Halleck was supposed to be and who Duncan Idaho was supposed to be for for Paul. Mm-hmm. And like they didn't really. They didn't bring in a lot of like his formation as a person. Correct. Was due to the influence of all of these different men, and yes. so as they die one by one and betray him. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a crushing blow. Because like there was hey, something really shifty. About Duncan Idaho him. does not betray Paul Atreides. I will not accept any slander. No, none of them betray chat. him except for the doctor guy. Except for the doctor, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like the, his betrayal was like not as I w- no one gasped. I was you know because like it was like mm-hmm. okay he was a double agent the whole time. Fine, he was in two scenes before this. Yeah. So it was almost like if anyone was gonna betray him, then like in Dune they made it like they made it they made it apparent. As just a he, in the book, Frank Herbert made it apparent that it's like the this this house is like impenetrable. Oh yeah, like they they really had to had to commit to getting that hunter seeker in there. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> why did they do the hunter seeker if they just had doc- the doctor was going to betray him the whole time? I think that's explained in the book. Um, yeah, that's partic- that's that's the point. Yeah, not particularly sure. Uh, but what it is is exciting and very fun. <laughs> and I liked it because here's the thing. The only way to do that book and you have all of the characters and all the relationships and everything fleshed out is to do a television program. A television show, yes. Which is, goodness help, help us if we do a television program of Dune because I just don't, I just don't think it would be any good. I'm, a, I'm afraid that I, my, my one critique was it did feel like a really long montage. There was too much montage. You know, Hmm. it was too like, it was too much like there wasn't a lot of character development. Yes, but there, there doesn't need to be character development because it's all setting it up for the second part where (laughs) all of that happens. So, okay, the problem, here's the problem, right? Is that it's such a, an in-depth world that nobody has any background for understanding, you know, Mm -hmm. even for things like Captain America, you know, people understand like he's a guy with the shield and he does the thing there's a, a cultural basis for yes. it somewhere. Yeah. There's no, there's not a lot of cultural basis for people coming into Dune. And you so need spice you, is needed for interstellar travel. Very you gotta, important. You got to <laughs> explain all these things. And so the all shadow the shadow government run by women, you got to explain all that stuff that, and that's all the time that they had to spend on exposition yeah. because instead of spending it on, you know, Paul with Duncan and Paul with Gurney, I'm sure there's a director's cut somewhere of all of these scenes that just were cut because they had to preserve the storyline. You yeah. know, I think they, they trimmed it down as best they could. And they provided the very fundamental elements, which are, here's all this wild crap happening in space. Here's these people betraying these people. Here's Paul. He sees into the future. He's going to be a big, bad, scary guy. And now they're with the Fremen. And that's kind of all you really need for the first half. You yeah. know, yeah, I, and, and so fun. I, I'm, a, I I'm, a, I'm concerned for the franchise because as I'm we all know, for the franchise. you're not concerned for the franchise. I no. think the second movie might fail. I don't think it will. You don't think it will? No. Why would I it? mean the first movie was like such a big a big hype and yeah. like and they weren't they didn't they they the reason they didn't start filming the second movie. This movie had been done for like a year and a half. Yes. It's been ready to go for a while. Oh yeah. And the reason they didn't the reason they haven't started filming the second one yet is because they wanted to make sure this did good on opening weekend. Mhm. And it did. So it they're going to start filming it now. Yeah. And so it's going to be out in 2023 at the earliest. Yeah. It's going to lose steam. I don't understand. You're, 
what you're describing is like pretty much every movie that's ever been made and had a sequel is like the first one has to do well before the second one is greenlit. When when else in history, other than the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Lord of the Rings, has the second movie been greenlit before the first one performed well? No, no, no. What I'm saying is it's such a gigantic undertaking that 2023 is like pushing it. Yeah. It's a huge movie. Yes. It's it's what I'm saying is that it's a movie whose visual special effects and all that stuff are on par with the movies that they know are going to do really well. Like the only reason they'll put that much money into a Star War or an Infinity War or another mm-hmm. kind of war is of because yeah, a lot of wars going on. Um what's wrong with the world, mama? People mm. living like they ain't anyway. Uh the reason they'll put that much money into it is cuz they know it'll do well. So like they'll put a bunch of money into it and like it'll happen relatively quickly. So they don't, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Star Wars universes, they don't need to wait until opening weekend. They're just going to make another one next year. That's just how yeah. it goes. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, people are used to that. And so they're like, oh yeah, I forgot. They're going to be in two two years, but it's probably going to be three. People are going to be like, oh yeah, I remember Dune. And they're not going to watch the first one again. And they're going to be like, what's going on? This is confusing. And it's not going to do as well. I think you're wrong. Well, our podcast will still be here. When yes, Dune it will. When Dune 2 Electric Boogaloo comes out. When I think what's going to happen is because just objectively, Dune 2 is going to have more action and more romance and more intrigue of course. than the first than the first part. Right. Because there's going to be Paul's going to Paul rises up with the Fremen. Right. Sure, there's yeah. going to be a, there's gonna be a really cool thing where, you know, all the people from the desert are killing all the, the white people in the city. And a lot of people are going to like that. Right. That's going to be a very popular thing. Gonna be um, great. There's going to be more worms. There's going to be more. There's going to be battle scenes. There's going to be Fade Rayutha versus Paul. It's going to be this little, you know, uh, desert boy versus uh, prince boy. Uh, and then when he's I read f- Dune, I pictured um, what's his name again? I don't know how to pronounce it. Fade Rayutha. That's the that's the nephew of the Baron, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always pictured him as the little troll boy for the little the little uh, the little troll king for the prince from. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Trolls, the movie Trolls. That's yes. how I pictured him. And so uh, I was not picturing uh, Drax from... <laughs> no, <laughs> that's that's the Beast Rabin. That's a different guy. Oh. Yes. Wait. No, 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 wait. Drax so from... Drax Drax is the Beast Rabin who is... I guess he is the nephew. I think the Baron maybe has a, a grandson or something. That's like... A, the, the boy that Paul fights at the very end of the book. Yeah. That's not the Beast Rabin. That's not Drax. That's a different guy. Oh. He wasn't introduced in the first part of the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know what's going to happen with Drax. It's been a while since I read the book. I read it yeah, that's two fair. years ago. So Three years ago. Let me tell you this. They're gonna, there's going to be people riding worms. There's going to be uprisings. There's I'm going so to glad be, they put worm riding at the end of the movie. There's going to be... It's always just a teaser trailer. Be like, look at all this cool stuff that's going to happen in the next movie. Uh, there's going to be visions of a future where Paul has killed 60 billion people. It's going to be great. Huge. Crazy. Huge. And I just think, I think it'll do well. Maybe it's just because I'm a fan, but I thought the first one was really good. I love the bagpipe scene. I watch it every day on HBO Max. That is it was all. very good. <laughs> Did you get HBO Max just for this? No, it comes included with my AT&T internet for some reason. Oh, and weird. so uh, I don't usually get on HBO Max and watch things, but... The other day I was feeling kind of down and so I pulled up the bagpipe scene and I watched it a couple times. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Uh, Dune. Dune. I Dune enjoyed it. It was I great. It. I loved it a lot. It didn't drag. No, it didn't. No. I watched it twice and 
I thought the second time it was going to drag, but the second time it was even better than the first time. So, um, highly recommend if you haven't seen Dune, if you haven't read Dune. I'm Emma's so sad Dune. that Thufir Hawat is dead. Thufir Hawat is not dead yet. Wait, he doesn't die? He didn't die in the movie. If you don't see anybody dead, they're not dead. Oh, true. Okay. Gurney Halleck's still alive. Thufir Hawat's still alive. I'm, I need to reread the book. You should reread the book. Cool. Yeah, there's there's a lot a lot going on. Well, I never read you... Dune Messiah, so no spoilers for Dune Messiah, please. Oh, Paul kills sixty billion people. Well, whoop, I knew whoop. that part because okay, everyone yeah, on Twitter's like, "Oh, I can't believe they're like writing this movie that celebrates this fascist." I'm like, ah, it doesn't celebrate anybody it or anything. Celebrate a fascist dictator, it's, guys. It's there's like, also some really weird stuff that happens. In we're Dune just Messiah. used to characters. We're just used to you know hot if, e-boys being the heroes of the stories <laughs> yeah he killed people but it's because like he had like a bad parent child his dad yeah. was mean to him well his dad's not mean to him in this one and look at what he does look so at what he does yeah figure so that out we're not, okay do you want to have a topic i got a topic <laughs> hey thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch sorry to interrupt what i'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation but i wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors we will be back right after this At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Patrick, hit us with a crunch on that jingle. Oh, gosh. Um, my uh, my jingle writing skills are growing flat. Now it's time for a crunch on that. That wasn't that, wasn't that bad at all. Thank you. You, you seem to self-deprecating jingles. I love a good um, self-deprecating jingle. I think it's hilarious to sing something happy that's actually sad. For instance. <clears throat> okay. Um Never mind. I don't have a friend. Ring around the rosy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, did you know that's actually about uh, about the Black Plague? Um, yes. Even though it was written after the Black... Anyway. Yeah. Uh, go on with your topic. It, they didn't write songs before the 1800s. No, so they couldn't write songs because had the a, Catholic they, Church was locking was up all the... banning them from yes, writing songs. and burning music. And people. <laughs> uh, all right. Topic, topic, topic. Do, 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 do. Whoop. Okay. I just had to think for a second. The Did you go to Mass this Sunday? Yeah, I did. Good. I know. That's wonderful. <laughs> it's crazy. Do you happen to remember the gospel reading? Of course I remember the Sunday. gospel reading. I, I, I talked about it at, at Life Teen. It was the widow's cool. might. It was the widow's might. Yes. Uh, that's what I would like to discuss today, but... Uh, tell me, what did you guys talk about in youth group? I'm well, interested. We, Maybe you already did my topic. So when we talked about the we talked about the widow's might, and I was like, I don't 
I was writing this talk and I didn't know what to do because I, I waited till last minute. And um, a kid who was not Catholic and later I found out not Christian oh. came to Life Night <clears throat> last night. Great. And I was like, I need to present. This is this is basic Kerygma time, baby. Like we're gonna go <laughs> as brass taxes. We're going with these kids mm-hmm. who haven't been to mass in a month or so. Uh, yeah. I got to go even more brass tax with this kid. So I was like, basic gospel message, and I was like, let's just start from the gospel reading because I I was. I was really jiving with it. And I told the whole story. I was like, I tried to, I had, I had explained everything. Like what a Pharisee is, what a, what a temple is, what the treasury is, you know, and all this stuff. What and a woman is. What a woman is. <laughs> and I actually thought about it. Cause I was like, I, instead of, instead of, uh, instead of being in being, um, uh, linked to the text as it stands, I added a little something, little, little, uh, illustrative thing. Mm-hmm. Imagining that the Pharisee was in front of the woman and he was dumping all of his coins into. I remember. I realized something that I'd never thought of before. If you're dumping coins into a hollow, it's gonna sound really loud, and everyone's gonna yes. notice. Yeah. And then everyone's looking over there to see this big fancy boy, and then this woman walks up with two little coins, and like, I was like, that must be really embarrassing. And so I had them like kind of think about what it would be like to be that woman, and that's why Jesus noticed her because mm-hmm. everyone was looking over, and he like pointed out her out to the apostles and was like, this is this is what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And I took the patristic interpretation. Indeed. Of that. And I was like, those two coins, the number two in scripture, always, it usually means body and soul. And I was like, this woman is walking up and she's giving her whole body and soul to God. Like she's walking up to where the Jews went to be with God. So it's like, she's mm-hmm. walking up to God's presence. She's giving everything she has. And I was like, that's the difference between Christianity and every other religion. Mm-hmm. It asks us to give everything we have. Why? Because Jesus gave us everything he had. And then the kids' minds exploded. I know. They the were like, what? flew off. Yeah. And then we, we went over to the church and we like prayed to the stations of the cross together. It was nice. awesome. That's so good. I, you, this is perfect because it leads right into what I want to talk about. You set the stage magnificently. Thank Patrick. you. Professional the, podcasting, Pat. Yes. The, the idea that <clears throat> she gave everything and that's what Jesus points out. I want to discuss how Americans have a very weird notion about what giving everything entails. Okay. Um, So just kind of some prayer and conversations I've had with some people about this reading. Interesting thing is that the, um, the many rich people that are going up and giving out of their abundance, the, it's kind of ironic in a lot of ways because the, if I were to ask you, Patrick, do any of us have abundance? What would your answer be? Yes. How so? I mean, like we all have stuff that we don't, we buy that we don't need. Sure. But at the, but at the end of the day and at the end of our lives, is there anything that's left over? Oh yeah. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) No, there's not. So the the very idea of abundance that we possess yeah is already just a farce. It's a non-starter, yeah. It's a non-starter. So I think that's that's a really interesting place to begin when thinking about this passage is that all of those people who are walking up and dumping all of these coins in there out of their quote-unquote abundance are really just lying to themselves about the true nature of being human, which is de facto a state of poverty. Yeah. And that is when we talk about, you know, time, talent, and treasure, and, and what do you give? And all, nah, um, we immediately think about, you know, oh, where do I have 
where do I have space in my life to, to give to this thing? Right. Like, Oh, Hey, uh, Hey, I need a, I need some, some volunteers on my core team for life team. Oh, sorry. We just don't have a lot of time right now. Mm-hmm. Um, insert any number of things, any number of requests, any number of good uses for your time. Talent. How do you know how much time you have? Exactly. Right. Like the, the, and even more than that, is there ever quote unquote enough time? Yeah. Like 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for however long you live is again, de facto, not enough time mm-hmm. because there's always more that you could do. Mm-hmm. And I just would, I've just been thinking about this and praying about this and thinking about some things in my own life, which we can, we can talk about, but I wanted to get your, your thoughts on like why we as Christians and especially American Christians just seem to not believe in that, that true sense of our poverty in the fact that we really, we really believe that we have an abundance in all of these areas. And yet at the same time, uh, we seem to always like not have enough, you know, like we're always craving mm-hmm. that more abundance. I don't know. I've just been, I've been thinking about that. I'm curious if you have any, any thoughts. Yeah. Because like, I mean, we're going through an off development thing right now in my parish and it's, it's always very frustrating because mm-hmm. I mean, you see people pulling into the, pulling into the parking lot in like, you know, Beamers and Porsches mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. our parish gives like 0.4% no, sorry, 0.04, no, it's 0.4% percent of its income. We don't even give 1% of our income, which is the national average for Catholics. Also, the national average for Catholics is 1%. Which is crazy. Which is stupid. It's dumb. And Mm -hmm. it makes me upset. And so, like, what we're doing is the priests like stand up. They're like, can you guys just give, like, 2.5 or something? (laughs) Like, 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 please, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, We can't keep the lights on, you know? And so, like, we're going through that offertory development thing right now, and it's frustrating to me because it's like, well, why don't you get? You guys have such an abundance. Why don't you give of it? Mm-hmm. And it's like that is the that is the wrong mindset. It's like we're mm-hmm. all poor. Yes. And I was thinking about that because I was like, what makes? I mean, it's clear to me that the widow didn't give everything that she had. Mm-hmm. You know, she did not slit her own throat and throw herself into the yeah. into the thing. <laughs> She did it like very clearly she kept money to feed herself and her possible kids. The clothes that were on her back even. Exactly. And so like she didn't give everything she had, right? So she was she was giving what she could. Um but and even if let's say that let's say that percentage wise, like like percent per, for percent, the Pharisee was matching her. It is an attitude thing. It's like, oh, this is something that I can afford to give, but I'm gonna keep the rest for myself because it's mine. Mm-hmm. It's not a stewardship mindset. It's a mm-hmm. it's a it's kind of like a consumerist mindset where it's like mm-hmm. here's what my budget item is for tithing and here's what my budget item is for groceries. You know, it's like yeah. And even even that can be stewardy. You know, it's like, well, here's what I have in my wallet and I might as well I'll throw the I'll throw you a couple bucks, you know, cuz I can afford to do that. I'm not going to miss mm-hmm. this money. Right. I I just think when we when we approach even let's just think about it from a a perspective of relationship with Jesus and time and prayer and that kind of thing. Like people, you know, once their kids leave home and all these things are like, Oh now I finally have time to, to start <laughs> investing in, in my faith life or I've, I finally have time to start investing in. And I just, 
it, there's something so because I just don't I just don't believe that every everybody that I meet is just so gosh darn balls to the wall busy <laughs> that they that they don't have time to to pray or come to mass or anything like that. Yeah. Like if you we just have such a selfish selfish view of our of our lives and of our time. And I think that's just in the water in America. Mm-hmm. That everything is oriented towards you being able to live the way that you want. And it's like anybody who spent a Saturday or a Sunday watching football or a weeknight watching a couple hours of TV and then is has the gall to tell me that they don't have time, you know? <laughs> or we do this to ourselves too. Like I'm not excluded from this. Like I spend, you know, a bunch of time, wasting time on the internet or reading some stupid stuff. And then I'm like, mm. oh, I just, sorry. You know, my neighbor will ask me for help with something and she's old and Chinese and hard to understand. And so I'm like, uh, what do you want? You know? <laughs> and and then I'm like, oh, sorry, I, I don't have time. And it's like, well, it, I, I wish that we had some kind of a, a better hierarchical understanding of what is and is not an actual demand on us. Like what, it, what is and is not an actual demand on our resources? Because first and foremost, it's, it's, it's to God, right? So that, that includes to your vocation, right? So your time and your resources have to first and foremost go to your family or to your, your priesthood or to wherever you are. Right. And if you're, you're unmarried and you're maybe a student or something like that, um, whatever obligations you have to your family or to whatever state of life that you're in, right? Like that's where it has to go first. And, and I feel like we don't think hierarchically, right? Like we don't think like if somebody, if my neighbor's UN was to ask me, Hey, can you come over here and weed my garden? And it's four in the afternoon on a Saturday and I don't really have anything else going on until eight o'clock or whatever. And I say, Oh, sorry, I don't, cause I, just cause I don't want to, then that's wrong. Right. But if, but if Joanne comes over and it's 7 PM and I know I have to make dinner for Emma that night, cause she's coming home for work, then it would actually be wrong of me to go over and help her because my first obligation is to help is to have dinner ready for my wife. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Yeah. And so I feel like we struggle to think hierarchically and that leads us to thinking that we have way less than we actually do. Um, because what defaults to the top is my my free time and my autonomy, and that always becomes like the the first and foremost thing, rather than yeah what God is asking you to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's interesting that you put it's interesting that you put vocational requirements first, because like that's just the main way that most people serve God on a daily basis. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's important to do that because it's like I think you do have to. I mean, because most people would say like, oh, well, prayer comes first. I think it does. Yes. But I think when you're, when you're, if you're setting up a prayer routine, (laughs) you have to be realistic Uh based on your state in life. So like. A a friend of mine was telling me the other day, just real quick. He was, he got up early to pray and it was like super early in the morning, 530 or something like that. And his one year old starts crying and he's like, come on, dude. Like, God, I'm trying to do the right thing here. And God's like, are you stupid? (laughs) this is your your son i mean i know know, the answer yes but like yeah (laughs) you know it's like he was getting all upset because he was trying to quote unquote do the right thing and give god all the right things but god gave you a son to take care of (laughs) to take care of he figured he knew that was gonna happen yeah yeah you know no it's it's that's really true because it's like you have to be realistic about about Mm -hmm. like your your prayer reality and i um 
my my history professor said this. He's like, kids really ruin things. They ruin daily mass for me and my wife. You know, and he was like being tongue in cheek, but it's like it's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you know you might you might not be able to go to daily mass every day. Mm-hmm. You got to get your kid to school. You know, yeah. Um, church should uh, figure that out, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's 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 tougher. And you know, there's a, that horror story that I've heard of like this uh, this guy who like missed his kid's birth because he was like he had to go to daily mass. You know, that's not thinking hierarchically, right? You've heard that? I it's a, it was a horror story from uh, from a Franciscan couple. Yikes. I did. Yeah, it was really, it really sucked. Um, oh, dear. Yeah, like he was in the PDP and he was like, oh, I can't be a priest, so I'm going to get married. And then he like basically tried to still live his PDP, priest of discernment program lifestyle in marriage. It's not, you can't do it. Oh, um, dear. But you're right. Hierarchy is, is, is important. I think, I think putting your, your vocation up first is, is important. And it's really like the, it's not like, Thinking hierarchically and putting God in that hierarchy is, dare I say, liberal. Okay. Because it relegates God to a part of your life as opposed to the whole of your life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is this is my God time. This is when I mm-hmm. read my Bible and I do my pray. And then I'm going to go do the worldly things like taking care of my kids and like going to yeah. school and voting, you know, all that stuff. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do the other things like, you know, vote on a bill about abortion. And that's, that's a separate thing from my prayer life, all that stuff. And like that, that's, um, that's all that, that, that hierarchy, it needs, it's not like, it's not like God's the top and then everything else. It's like, there's the hierarchy of your vocation. You have like your, um, your job and all this other stuff. The stuff that supports it's, it's, what what's lower on the hierarchy is the stuff that supports the stuff that's higher. So it's like your your family life is the most important, and your job is there because it supports your family life, and your your um your person your like your health is there because it supports your family, and like your job supports your health, or you know that sort of thing. However you want to put it up. Um, but God God is outside of he exists he exists separate from your hierarchy, and he he moves and informs mm-hmm. everything. Yes, Ethan. We should the people we you me and the people should uh, should make our own hierarchies. I think that's something we should be thinking about. Yeah, as a practical I, as a practical practical tip. I totally agree. Practical post liberal tips with Ethan and Pat. Because I just I really am I'm tired of of saying it myself and saying that I I don't have enough to give. Because last week God made it very clear to Ethan that it doesn't matter how much Ethan has to give. That is, is like not even an important factor in the equation. <laughs> yeah. So I was, I was super sick last week, had a head cold, you know, and oh, you get really bad head colds. I do. You like can't function. Yeah. Um, just headache, sore throat, all these things. So I'm resting up and Friday comes around and I, I like try to go to work on Friday cause I'm feeling better. And like, I don't feel as well as I thought. I'm like losing energy really quick, you know, mm-hmm. cause it's just hard to sit up straight when you've just been laying down for a couple of days and I have to give a talk in Tulsa on Friday night and Yeehaw. I just, I just wasn't going to miss it, you know, cause I knew I had to give this talk and it was the last soccer home game of the season. And I want to see the boys win the regular season championship. Of course. And it was Sam's birthday. I had to go for all the things and, but I had no talk written cause I'd been sick. And so I'm like, Emma, you got to drive. I got to write my talk. And she says, okay. So she's driving. I fall asleep in Ooh. the in the passenger seat. I have nothing written, nothing prepared, except for just like a teensy tiny little idea that I'm going to talk about my testimony and I'm going to talk about uh, John 3, 17, uh, the underrated verse in, in John 3, which is that the Son of Man did not come into the world to condemn it, but to save it. 
And I knew I wanted to talk about that. But that's all. That's all I had written on my page. I didn't have an outline. I didn't have any bullet points. I had nothing. And so I walked up and I gave the talk. And multiple people told me it was the best talk that they had ever heard. Great. Me give. Me give. Not the best talk they had ever heard generally, but the best talk they ever heard me give. Uh, Which is awesome. Because it's totally, I know for a 100% fact that it's not because of anything that I did. Yeah. Right? Because it's it was a moment where I prayed and I asked for the Holy Spirit to speak. And he, he spoke. He showed up. And it, that combined with this reading this weekend and being sick and coming back to work this week. Combined with all the other things that I've been thinking about and praying about has just made me realize on a deeper level, like, holy cow, like I have so very little to offer in terms of like my energy and my physical capabilities and Mm -hmm. my intellectual capabilities. Like I'm on the whole, like pretty average, pretty weak when compared to like God. (laughs) I would (laughs) say so. Yes. I, yes. Very controversial statement, but God doesn't need like Ethan's super most prepared, most physically ready, most intellectually and emotionally and spiritually ready for everything all the time. Right. What God needs is for Ethan to put his coins, so to speak in the treasury and just say, do whatever you want with this. I'm going to go, I'm going to go take care of my family, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. cause that's, well, the widow was a widow. So I don't know if she had, maybe she had kids or, you know, who knows what she was doing. A lot of them, but, I, I was looking at paintings for my talk and like stained glass windows and a lot of them were the widow was a young woman with a baby. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Interesting, right? I'd always seen in my CCD book as a kid, it was always like a little old lady little and I'm lady like, I don't think that counts like, as a widow. Yeah, that's fair. Nine that's times out of ten. Person. That's an old, yeah, it's an old woman, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes so, old women's husbands be dead, you know? Right. Um, but I, I just wanted to share that and express that and hopefully help people think about like we just put so much pressure on ourselves to like do do all these things and make it make a big show about it about the things that we're doing mm-hmm. and God doesn't really care he's not really impressed he's, he really is super unimpressed but yeah. what he does care about is if you actually say hey I actually trust you more than I trust myself that's kind of a spooky thing to say out loud but yeah, in fact, Jesus God, who is God, fun fact. Yeah, indeed, yes. I don't know if you knew this, but fifty percent of people uh, were like, "I don't believe." I the pillar. Did you see the pillars? Uh, oh, I haven't read it yet. Yeah, I saw it come it's in. It's crazy. People. It was like I. I don't believe. It was people who were Christian saying whether or not they believed that Jesus was God. Yikes! And I just like I don't know if I want to know. I don't so think 50%? I want to know. I think it was about fifty. I don't know. I might be misremembering the stat. I don't want to quote it without knowing, but. That's all right. People um, do that all the time. Jesus is God. Fun fact. Uh, yes. But um, the uh, it's so he was there when when that when that Pharisee was trying to make everyone impressed. And I like to think that like Jesus, what he, everybody heard the clang 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 clang, and everyone looks around and like, oh, who was that? And Jesus is kind of just like he's still talking to someone. He's like, hey man, like how's it going? He hears the clang and he's just like, so I'm really interested in you. You know, like what's mm-hmm. going on? Mm-hmm. And then the woman, the every turn, everybody else is turned around. He's like, what are everybody looking at? And then he sees the woman and he's like, that's, that's it. He's not impressed by her, but mm-hmm. he's like supportive and he's like encouraged by it. He's like, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, God, the only way to impress God 
if you could do such a thing, is to act like him and just give what you have, what you don't have, you know, mm-hmm. like you just give everything, put it all in the treasury. Just be like, this is yours. Not like, hey, everybody look at me. I got so much money. Cling, 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 cling. I, yeah. I will say something that my spiritual director, when I was talking about tithing, because I was like, I feel guilty. I don't tithe. This was back when I was starting my job. And he was like, definitely tithe, but like, um, don't like let that be your standard of whether or not you're giving well. <laughs> because he's like, what people, especially people our age, tend to not give is time. Because it's it's more it's more important to us because it's more apparent that it's slipping away. Mm-hmm. It's more obvious time is slipping away than money mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. money feels infinite in a sense. Cause there's always, a, there's always another direct it's deposit. Just, it's just numbers on a screen. It's just numbers honest. on a screen to me. And so it's yeah. not really, it's not really tangible. And you mean parish is like auto withdrawal. You know what I mean? It's like, there's barely any action there, but giving takes a lot because, you know, not only do you have the time you're spending giving, but, um, you have to like drive there and drive home and like think about mm-hmm. it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there was a, a, statistic, a statistic that I do remember was how many, how many people spend um, two or more hours a month in service. And uh, the lowest group was Ethan to, I guess uh, 18 to 20 religion. It was based by religion. Nine year olds. Oh, based on religion. Yeah. It was separated by religion. The religions that spend uh, two plus or hours or more volunteering. The lowest. Yeah. The lowest. Catholics. No. Atheists and agnostics. So take that. You do need God well, to be moral. I was going to say atheists, um, but yeah. I was thinking that atheists sometimes go and like clean up parks because they feel bad about the planet or whatever. No, they 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 might, but they don't. Um apparently. No, the high, the highest group was Muslims. 66% said huh. 2 plus hours or more. And I was like, what good for they you serving? guys. The next highest was like 28%. And I was, was like evangelicals. They I think it was. And then the Catholics yeah. were next cuz I think like a lot of Catholics there's a lot going on at churches. You know, there's like a lot tied to. That's true. You know, they it's really like, easy to say that you're giving time and service when in reality you're just going to hang out with Betty and the girls. It's a fish fry or a Columbus, a nice Columbus meeting. Yeah. Um, join the Knights of Columbus. We're, we're still pro Knights. Pro Knights uh, of Columbus. Knight, well, they will get sponsored by the Knights. I should just reach out. Actually, we should. We should. That, that, that's, that's, they, they got money. They, they, sell whole, they sell whole life insurance, whole term life insurance. Um, gosh. Go, so join the Knights, I, but don't get life insurance with them. I do want to float away from the money thing just for a little bit because it's easy to get wrapped up in the money. Oh, we were talking about time. We were talking about time. Go get back in the time. Oh, Talk yeah. About the time. Yeah, money's not... That's what I was saying. Like, money really isn't the thing. It's like we, we yeah. want to give time because it's more acutely... We're more acutely aware of the fact that when we give mm-hmm. time, we can't get it back. Yes. And thank you for reminding me. What money just feels like an exchange of services. Because when we give our time... We're so used to our time being spent how we want to spend it. Indeed. Like just people's responses to things like, you know, having having my camera on when I'm on a Zoom call or whatever, or not being able to have headphones in at work or not um, uh, like the internet goes out on a drive and you can't listen to the thing that you want to listen to. Like we're just so used to being able to fill our days with things that are pleasant to us. Yeah. And so when all of a sudden some, an opportunity to do something with our time that is not immediately pleasant comes up, we just don't like, we're just, 
you know, have, have no interest in it. And then when time does come about, it's like, oh, I'm going to give my time to things that are, are pleasant to me. It's like, yeah, props to, uh, props to all the focus missionaries out there, you know, but like given two years to serve on a college campus and have college hours and live the college life for another two years. It's not that crazy of a thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I love my time as a focus missionary. It was definitely hard, but it's, it's not nearly as difficult as people make it out to be. Yeah, it was hard for me when I was doing mission work over the summer to get people to like even try to get people to donate because I was like, my housing is covered. My -hmm. food is basically covered. Mm -hmm. What's the point of asking people for money? (laughs) Right. The thing that I didn't do a lot of when I was a focused missionary that I did a little bit of closer to the end, but, you know, not nearly as much as I should was go downtown and serve the poor and spend time with the marginalized and spend time with the students on campus that were not like me, you know, like I just didn't do a lot of that um, because that wasn't really the vibe. The vibe was energize your Catholic center. Chicken party. Which, chicken party, right, which is good. Chicken party totally was a, a good huge thing. success. It was. It was a huge success again this year, I've heard. Good uh, content. Chicken, chicken party lives on. Yeah. So it just, it. we have a generation where it's like, unless this can go on, you know, the the gram or the resume or you know, be something that I, it's fun with my friends Yeah, that I'm, I'm not really interested in it. Like going over and fixing my neighbor's like garden for whatever reason, you know, even mm-hmm. though it's like, I've weeded it five times, you and there's no weeds left, but you want me to dig again. Okay. I will, I you will. know, like I'll do that. this, like this is awful and I hate this and I'm not getting anything from this, <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's just the example that happens most often in my life is because my neighbor always asks me to do things for her, <laughs> but she seems sweet. She is very sweet. She trick or treated at my house the other day. Does she have kids? No, she does not. She's very, very old. She's she trick or treated. She trick or treated. She said, you have any candy? I said, no, I don't have any candy. She said, oh, well in that case, there's something broken in my kitchen. Do you think you could come over and fix it? And I said, Juwen, you are not allowed to trick or treat. And then ask me to come and fix something at your house. This is a trick. It's not a treat. She just laughed at me. That's um, really funny. Yeah. So I don't know if what I'm saying is making any sense or not, but I just it does make sense. I just think that we are so gosh darn selfish, like to a to an extremely faulty degree. Yeah. On the whole. Yeah. But Ethan, leisure is the basis of culture, so yes, I should but... watch YouTube, no. so that I could be no. more culture. That's the other thing is people tell me like, oh, Ethan. You're making fun of people who watch TV shows and watch it. That's how I relax. That's how I just turn my brain off. What if I told you you shouldn't turn your brain off? No, you what if I told that. you that that's a, that's a bad thing to do? And that people for thousands of years were able to relax without... Turning their w- brain off. Turning their brain off. Yeah. You know? Take a nap if you want to turn your brain off, you freaking loser. <laughs> it's, it's true. Yeah. My, my, wife, my wife stopped watching TV. She's not working right now. So she's not working probably at all. Um, so like, she's like, I am going to, uh, just be sitting here, um, all day and, uh, I don't want to watch TV all day when I have a TV, but it's like, you know, you can still fire up Netflix, but you know, what's oh, interesting yeah. is like watching Netflix on a laptop sucks. So it was, it was not as fun. And so she was mm-hmm. like, you know what, this is, we're just gonna put this away. She started just reading classic works of fiction. Mm-hmm. She's like half, she's like finishing up to kill a mockingbird. We're having good conversations about literature. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this slaps. I love talking about books. This is great. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the the idea of abundance 
is that's why that's where people get that whole like Netflix, YouTube, whatever football on the weekends kind of mindset. It's like, I have to, I got to recharge so that I have enough to give later. It's like, what if I told you that you're never going to have enough to give and you just need to be okay with that and you stop grasping for things that are going to make it seem like you have more than you actually have. That sounds hard. It is. I don't want to. But no one ever said life was supposed to be easy or pleasurable. It's true. It's true. I don't know. I hope this episode isn't too much old man yelling at clouds, but <laughs> make a make a hierarchy chart. You know, put, yeah, yeah. Put your most important things at the top. Put like you know your family and the things that support mm-hmm. your family and the things that support like you exist, continuing to exist. That's important. Like your health and your. You know, like, go see the doctor about your foot because it hurts all the time. You know, Patrick, just go see the doctor. <laughs> and then realize that there's time and space in that hierarchy for, and if you ask God to, like, bring you opportunities to to give, either to, to your parish or to the poor or whatever, like, he's going to give you opportunities. And then you just have to look at your hierarchy and say, actually, I have way more time and space in this hierarchy than I thought I did, you know, because all the things that take up most of my time actually don't go on the hierarchy anywhere. You know, social media does not end up on the hierarchy because it doesn't help keep me alive or help feed my family or help make any money. Yeah. For some people. Yeah. We, I mean, we met because of social media. Yeah. Which is great. Tiwa Tolkien made a good point. She was like, the best way to use Twitter is to uh, not, use Twitter the way they want you to. So the best way to use Twitter is to have a locked private account where you only follow people, you know, unless you have like a ministry or a platform. And I'm like, cool. That's a good point. That's a good point. I like that. Yeah. Please don't lock your account. I like to look at your tweets. Whose tweets? Your tweets. My tweets. Yeah. Oh, you want to be able to see my tweets. Every couple of days I type in directly the usernames of like three or four Twitter accounts that I know have good good tweets and I just read them and then I close the window. Wait, you read my, you've read the ones that I put up recently? Yeah. Like what? Well, I don't remember exactly what they were. There wasn't anything notable, but yeah. it was nice. That's cool. I I've I've put some I put some okay ones up and they get like two likes. I'm like, nah, delete. Not worth anybody's time. That's good. You want to do Dr. Ethan's dating corner? Sure. Yes. I I had I had what I thought was a really good tweet about the one of the previews before Dune was uh, for one of the Scream a new Scream movie that I didn't even realize was mm-hmm. a, I just remember the mask from like you know kids at Halloween, and yeah. I was like it's kind of weird that like all these '80s reboot movies horror movies are happening because like uh, guy with mask and knife is no longer scary because like at any time you could be involved in like a mass casualty event that'll be on the news. You know what I mean? Like just, it's, true. it's just ridiculous. I, I thought I was like, surely this is a hot take that people will appreciate. They did not. Um, no one's yeah. afraid of a uh, guy with knife anymore, unless there's big, noisy, scary music telling you to be afraid of him. <laughs> you know, it's interesting how there, there was that movie that was kind of meant to be like a very realistic Columbine shooting. You've ever seen this movie? No, that was a, that's an awful idea for a movie. Well, I'm just thinking about things that are legitimately scary in 2021. And if you had like a like a movie set in a high school where a school shooting was happening and like live and over the two hours of the movie it was a real time school shooting, that'd be a pretty terrifying film because that's like a legitimate like that hits at what people are scared of now. You yeah, know? but it's like it's too much, you know? 
You know, but like, but so when someone was breaking into people's homes when the babysitter was there and she had just had sex and she gets stabbed in the kitchen, like that's not too much, you know? Yeah. Like horror movies are weird. They are weird, but it's it's interesting how I don't know. There's a there's always some kind of expression of of fear in some way other than what it's directly related to. Yeah. I don't know. All right, I got a uh, I got a Doctor Ethan's Dayton Corner for you. It's about technology. I'm, I'm ready. All right. Uh, I, I know it hurts. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go on. I, 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 I... All right, you came to the right place. You ding dong. It's called communication, baby. <laughs> Welcome to Dr. Ethan's Data Corner, sponsored by Catholic Match. You can go to, please go to the link in the description below to give us questions because we're running low on questions. Okay? We're, <laughs> we, need to get some, we need to get some Dr. Ethan's Dating Corners out here. Please don't let this please. go the same way as Hot Take Time Machine. You can follow Catholic Match at Catholic Match on Instagram. Thank you, Catholic Match, for sponsoring another episode of the Crunch Catholic Podcast. Ethan, are you ready for the question? I'm so ready. Okay. This one comes from Anonymous. Yes. What do you want? Uh, they don't. This is this a general a question. It's not like personal. It's, it's this is a generality. They want to know. Okay. They want to know about guys. So presumably it is a women. Um, when does technology make it easier? The less people, guys, to make effort and move or action. Um, I did not read this. I skimmed it, and that's why it reads like a Siri voice to text. Most of guys immediately turn down the conversation when they find out the girl is from outside of the world huh. and prefer to <laughs> find to near their location. These guys uh-huh. don't believe the getting to know through video call first, rather to mm. have physical contact soon. This person very clearly does not speak English as their first language. I see. Um, they may have Google translated what... They're, when they find out the girls from outside of the world, they don't mm-hmm. want to video chat with her. When it's they because... find out that I'm from Pluto, they, <laughs> they decide that they don't want to get to know me anymore. It's ridiculous. Um, How rude. I, I'm assuming she's saying that guys don't want to, when they find out the girl is long distance, they don't want to uh-huh. get to know her through video call first. They'd rather have physical contact right away. Why is that, Ethan? Why is that, Doctor? Um... Because long-distance relationships will kill you, as the Naked Brothers band sang. Relationship. What? I had a long-distance relationship. Singing this song from the sky, no matter if it's heaven or hell. What? I know I love that girl, but it wouldn't work that well. I think most guys would just want to... Someone got that reference. Someone was like, I too watched the Naked Brothers band on Nickelodeon. I got in trouble for watching the Naked Brothers band on Nickelodeon because my parents walked downstairs at the moment when some guy started kissing some girl. And they're like, what are you watching? And I was like, I don't know I'm not what this sure. program is. I'm not sure. It's, they were the everyone proto seems big to time like it. rush. Everyone seems to like it, so I've got it on. Um, that's all. That's about all I can say. I, I don't know how to answer this question, to be honest with you. Because it's I think it's very obvious that guys are physical creatures and most guys on dating sites tend to enjoy physical contact. <laughs> sure. So the answer is, is that's is to whoever wrote this in, that's just how men are. If you find one like that it. does want to get to know you over video call, then he's probably a keeper. But in that case, you just have to keep trying. 
You know, mm-hmm. there's no, you can't just force a bunch of dudes who don't want to get to know you over video call to want to get to know you over video yeah. call. Hey, they're allowed to have preferences. They, yes. That's what people move say. somewhere that they are there. Yes, that's true. Where maybe would you, have you considered moving into the world? Have you considered moving to Pluto? Have you, have you considered moving from, from out of the, <laughs> from out of the world to, I don't know, Chicago. Yeah. A lot of guys in Chicago. A lot of boys in Chicago. Just walk down the street, you bump into a thousand boys. Yeah. Big old Left chi, and chi right. town. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know anything about Chicago. Uh, do you want one more long distance question? Sure. This one comes from an anonymous girl. Uh, online dating, specifically from a dif- distance. What do I do? How do I not make it weird? I'm talking to this really nice Catholic guy online. I'd like us to date, but he lives in a different country. I have no oh. idea how to make it work and not be weird. I'm not the most romantic person, nor do I have experience with dating or flirting, so any help is appreciated. I also have no idea how to explain to my family what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm dating this guy. Uh-huh. Yes. And what's his name? Um, his his name, name is, is MacBook Pro, and he is the boy on the other side of the MacBook Pro. His name is Franz, and he lives in Austria. Sorry. <laughs> um, I I don't know. He's going to Sarajevo uh, soon. I'm sure it's going to be a great trip. <laughs> there's a lot of things in these questions that I don't know the answer to. I would say you probably can't date someone who lives in another country if you don't know them (laughs) and can't, they can't move to where you are and you can't move to where they are. It's probably, it's probably tough. You're probably going to have to move soon. I would say, I would say one, how old are you Two, How fungible are you? And three, are you willing to relocate? And based on the answers to those questions, I would say, go for it. Uh, It never hurts to move to a new country. Um, But I'm I'm trying. It can hurt sometimes, Ethan. And sometimes it hurts. But generally, I would just say let this one go. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Doctor in dating corner. Another another couple of patients uh, seen. We're like an urgent care clinic. We are just pumping them through. That'll be four hundred dollars. That'll be four hundred dollars, please. Thank you. You didn't get my Archduke Franz Ferdinand joke. I am sorry. You said Franz from Austria, and I was like, yes. Easy. <laughs> I was. Easy. I was thinking of. I was thinking of the guy from A Hidden Life. Is who I was. Thinking oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know his last name. Oh man. Well, that that's the podcast. That's the whole show. Another successful episode of the Crunch Podcast. Indeed. I'm gonna have to edit a lot on this one because I feel like I didn't make any sense during the topic. I had a so. really good. I had a really. I got a really good positive takeaways. So I don't think you're gonna have to do as much editing as you think. Okay. Well, thank you. I hope everyone doesn't think that I'm mad at them. I just want us to give more from our poverty and less from our freaking abundance yeah it makes sense to me anyway speaking of giving to it from our abundance i'm going to go uh lift heavy things namely my own body because i'm doing bodyweight exercises now so speaking of giving from our abundance patreon.com slash the crunch patreon.com slash the crunch guys give from your poverty you might think that you don't have enough to give but maybe you do we're gonna and <laughs> you just need to think about it give to the patreon.com slash the crunch is a great place um Thank you for all our sponsors. Uh, we are going to get more regular sponsorships on the show so we can get rid of red circle ads. Yes, um, please. Yeah. I, I literally have a bunch of, a bunch of like blocks on the red circle ads that say, don't do this. Don't, don't sponsor this. Don't sponsor this. Don't sponsor this. And apparently an ad got through. Dang. So that's the problem with automated ads. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll work on, I'll work on fixing that just so that we can like 
earn out of needing red circle ads but yeah Correct. so uh but if we if we get a lot of uh, donors on patreon i know you guys i really appreciate everybody's been giving on patreon uh if you like the show send us a couple of bucks and be like hey i like the show you can join our facebook group facebook.com uh slash the crunch cast and then if you're a patreon member you can join our special facebook patreon group it's secret and it's more fun amazing patrick do you have anything else for the people This episode of The Crunch has been sponsored by the National Science Foundation. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you all next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.